record. Hey guys, welcome to the Revenue Accelerator. I have a couple of people here that you may or may not know. I mean, they kind of have a small podcast. Um, they judge me by the size of my microphone. I judge them by the size of their podcast. So Matt and Joe, uh, tell us who you are and why people should actually care. Why should they care about us, Matt? Well, we were just having a laugh. We're like, I feel like we're accidental marketers and maybe even accidental podcasters. And we've blended the two of those pretty well, I think. You know, we're, I would say we're just, we love to experiment and learn and share that knowledge. And it comes out in the form of a ton of content that we create. Started with blogging way back in the day, what, like over 12, 13 years ago, Matt and I have been doing this together pretty Was much the whole time. Back then? Uh, like I don't know very loud internet right yeah oh my god (laughs) you remember the AOL discs that you would get at Blockbuster (laughs) I gotta collect them all get my free months of internet yeah that's how we originally started podcasting we just passed big old floppy discs back and forth Uh oh you went even further back (laughs) each podcast episode was about 30 seconds long because that's all it would hold right exactly (laughs) oh my god like to think what we can do with our phones now okay this is not going to be that podcast all right so like <laughs> you guys create content and you know a lot of people talk about the importance of content but people don't do it consistently so why should people actually I didn't even let you finish introducing yourselves <laughs> to Matt maybe he has some more to build off what I said yeah so other than just being an accidental marketer Matt do you have anything to contribute to who you are and why people <laughs> really. should care no I think I think what we've been really good at is we've we've gotten good at curating I wouldn't even say like we're the smartest marketers or we even know what we're talking about most of the time Great. we have just been really good at finding smart people connecting with them and then curating their genius to our audience right so we've literally built everything we've done off the back of just curating other people's genius I would say I yeah. mean talk about putting strategic effort into creating ease in your business that's it I mean, that, that's the oh, we're thing. done. We're it's done. Like, we're good. We're done. I mean, yeah, yeah. we don't need to tell anybody how we're doing it. <laughs> Why would we share secrets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cat, so yeah, lead us wherever. How did you come up with the concept though of you know leveraging other people's audiences? So we know you can build authority by borrowing it, implied all these kind of you know strategies to build yourself, your community, and all that. So why use this strategy? And like, how did you come up with the concept? Yeah. So, you know, we've always been content guys, right? Ever since 2007, when we first started our our, our first blog together, we wrote blog posts and just tried to teach and educate and create a lot of content. And we were, we've just always loved teaching and putting out content and, you know, just sharing the stuff that we find. We're just kind of like these nerdy people that when we discover cool stuff, we're like, Ooh, I got to share this with everybody else. Right. Like that's kind of how we've always perceived it. And it started as blogging, but blogging was over time, it became too much work to keep up with. We either had to hire a bunch of writers and keep them writing consistent content, or we were always heads down writing and it would take us forever. And so we found podcasting to be that compromise for us of we could systematically rapidly create content. And we've been doing podcasting since 2010, just kind of on and off. We've Our podcasts have kind of come and gone, but the one we're doing now, we've been doing for almost five years now. So it's been pretty consistent at this point. Yeah. And, and, and so throughout all of that, I would say we just like, I feel like we had this like pivot where we realized we don't want to be the experts per se in like all these topics, but mm-hmm. we are, we know enough of like the marketing side of things that we can ask the right questions and dive a lot deeper. And then uh, we're the thing that like we, why we started the podcast too, is that we wanted to give away all these nuggets, all the best stuff away for free. And then figure out on the backside of things, like after that, that, you know, they spend an hour with us every single time around that. Now we have options for them to dive a little deeper if they choose to. So it's like just a part of the journey here. Well, I mean, it's a philosophy that I love, which is just being a conduit to allow other people to find the right level of support by giving them that really good experience. But in turn, you guys have also mastered this process and you're, helping other people do it for themselves. Is that right? Or did you lie to me at the beginning? <laughs> well, often, but <laughs> we, I feel like we've just always wanted to get like exposing in this and like not hide behind a pay. Like the whole thing is like, we don't want to just like put everything paid. So that's why the podcast, it just felt right to just kind of share everything from others, but also ourselves. 
And I feel like that then kind of created this whole thing and it forced us to think creatively and out of the box and create kind of like these communities that mm. exist. So it's like, okay, we'll attract them with really cool, free, unique stuff. And then it's like, give them something else to then spin around in. I mean, you were calling it um, kind of like this pool of folks and sit. A beautiful uh, you know, ecosystem. A beautiful <laughs> ecosystem. That, that was the words. That's right. And it is. <laughs> we, we see it like that's all we're building. And we're just trying to kind of connect the dots, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's not your typical funnel, I guess, you know, yeah. but it's, it works. We, we used to write this newsletter that, w- that it was $100 a month and it was a print physical newsletter. We actually still have a newsletter. So we used to, but we also still do. But we were selling this newsletter and it was a totally different model back then, right? It was 100 bucks a month. And Joe and I were writing that like these 40 page like mini books every single month out to our audience. And we had this this realization, you know, maybe 12 months into this thing that, holy crap, this is some of the best content we've ever created. This is the best stuff we've ever written but it's only being seen by, you know, 200 people. And we're like, and and that sort of aided us that we were putting out this content that we thought was just like some of the best content we've written. And we wanted as many people to see it as possible, but it was behind a paywall that only a couple hundred people ever even saw. And that sort of ate at us. And that was actually the catalyst for the podcast was us realizing, man, all of this good stuff we're putting out there. I want more people to see it. Let's just do it in audio form and make it free. And that's, that's kind of how that, that was the catalyst there. And, and that it helps people on the back end. Yeah, where I feel like these like layers that you take folks in and, you know, you're building trust along each path or, you know, each step along the way. So the podcast is like where we really grow the know, like, and trust thing. Hmm. And there's such a, like, it's so damn powerful. because It's like a one-to-one connection typically. And then you can take them into a community and then that becomes even stronger. They can engage with you. And then, like I said, then you can help people. You can spin off affiliate revenue type thing. Like that's how we make the bulk of our revenue now, but also recurring memberships are something you can control, but they're all just parts of like, I feel like deeper layers of engagement with us. That's what we found. Yeah. I mean, a beautiful client journey experience of being able to go from free to investing and getting more and more value as you go deeper into the trenches of, you know, Joe and that's world. (laughs) Much. Um, I mean, so it, it really started a lot with, you know, you guys were, you know, uh, experts in your own right, but then there's only so much you can share on your own in terms of your knowledge. And so you started bringing other people on and you started um, just make a lot of assumptions here. All right. No, I've read. Um, They're probably very accurate. <laughs> right. So in my world, um, you brought in p- influencers in their own right, right? Because you would, of course, want to share good information and you're going to bring people that have a certain caliber and prestige and actually deliver on their results. How did you, because now it's probably easier for you to be like, hey, Oprah, want to come be on our show versus back when you first started. So how did you start building up that kind of black book of influencers. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so Joe will probably give the majority of this answer because what I'm going to say is that Joe has always been like the networker. He is, he connects with a lot of people. He's gone to a lot of events. He, some people just seem to like him. I don't get it, but people just somehow seem to like him like the first time they meet him. Me, (laughs) I'm, I'm very, very unlikable. And so I just put my head down and do all the tech stuff and builds and do all the marketing campaigns. So I let Joe go and find all the really smart people and I just hermit myself up and build websites. And I mean, stuff. I remember seeing him pulling you by the hand at the event that we were at and being like, you need to talk to people, Matt. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. All the time. Yeah. Happens yeah. all the time. <laughs> Drink three more of these and you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. No, um, no, I, we... <laughs> Over yes, the years, yes. Matt is. <laughs> no, we have a we have a cool understanding of each other, like our strengths and all that, and we have a shared vision, so it works great. I mean, that whole that's a whole different conversation for partnerships, of course. But um, I don't know for yeah, I feel like we just find the most interesting people in our network. We've never been shy to reach out to folks and offer support. I mean, I came from a one to one client kind of. I was doing a lot of VSL production back when launches were the thing you know, big product launches on in, in internet marketing. So I feel like that's where I got my kind of circle because I was going to events and I'd get referrals, all that. And then Matt was over here yeah, doing all the tech stuff. So we're like, hey, let's combine things. There's something here. And uh, now we've created kind of 
there's all these little systems and referral generation machines. I feel like that just now introduce the right people to us. Like you mentioned Oprah, we don't have her quite yet, but when she's done with Prince Harry and uh, Megan, then, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. one day, one day, <laughs> but yeah, just I mean, my good graces. And then I'll help you out one day. We will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, we've, we've come up with some ways to kind of, get introductions coming to us rather than us seeking people out. And there's power in that. And that obviously it's a warm introduction. There's already some, whatever, you know, shared experiences there. And then the podcast is it kind of heightens all of that. And then it just creates this really cool bond that we carry outside of the episode as well. And then it turns into things like affiliate promotion opportunities, collaborations, equity, rev share. And like, it's kind of crazy what you can do with people go figure. You know? <laughs> I think a level yeah. deeper, right? It's not just people, but it's actually reaching out, being willing to have a conversation and connect on a human level. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know that when I've met, you know, people that are well up the ladder for me and all that, just talking to them as if they were regular people and not being like, Oh my God, 100%. It's you. no, <laughs> yep. no, it's true. That was, that was one of the, I mean, I just, I was uh, thanking someone uh, just I'll just, I'll just say his name, you know, Roland Frazier, he's become a really good friend of ours. And I literally just thanked him in audio, ten, you know, right before we started this podcast. And I was like, dude, you, you've lined out something in my mind that like I wasn't seeing. And I was thinking, I would just send him an audio. And he's like, dude, love you, man. You guys are the best. This is so cool. I, just, I don't know if you just like drop the pedestal crap because it doesn't serve anybody. So it's like just if you want to, you know, have someone in your podcast or connect with them, ask or ask for a connection or figure out how to serve them first. And then we've just kind of created these referral systems that just helped us do that on right. steroids a little bit, but podcasting helps of course, because you have a stage now, but that's kind of what you we had do. to build it. Right. And so a lot of people aren't at your level. I mean, not to actually give you guys, you know, any kind of <laughs> stand on because we're going to knock that shit off right away. But like, <laughs> there's like a lot of people, we do this comparison monster thing, right. Of I'm here and they're here and you know, blah, blah, all the differences, right. Versus comparing yourself to where they were when you were there. Right. Um, and building up that traction, but there had to have been a level of confidence and certainty that you could ha- accomplish this. Matt, I want to hear what you say, because the whole imposter syndrome, I feel like you define that pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole pedestal thing was something that I struggled with for a long time on the podcast. Um, I don't, to be honest, I don't know how I got over it. I think it was just kind of repetition, right? I think it was just kind of realizing through the course of hundreds of interviews, okay, everybody's kind of the same. If you want somebody to see you as a buddy, treat them like a buddy, like you just said. Um, you know, and so I, I think it was just kind of the repetition, but if we're going all the way back to like, how did it, how did it get started? How did we kind of create the momentum in the first place? I think it really started with, well, first of all, Joe was making VSLs back when a lot of people were doing these big Jeff Walker style, $2,000, seven day launches, that whole sequence. He got to get behind the scenes with a lot of these people by reaching out to them and basically charging them next to nothing to do these videos, probably a way undercharged back then, but that's also how he got in with all of those people. That's how he sort of built a relationship and built value for them. And then those people kind of stayed connected. That's one of Joe's superpowers is he stays connected with a lot of those people. So when we decided, let's go start a podcast, it was literally kind of just calling in favors. Like, Hey, I made that video for you a couple of years ago. Remember me? Want to come on my podcast? And we had a foot in the door with all those people. So um, I really think that's kind of how it all got started. And then, you know, I, I was creating courses around blogging since 2009. And a handful of the students that went through my courses actually went on to have some, you know, some success. And so those were people that they went through my course at one time back before nobody really knew their names. Now more people know those people's names. And I was able to reach out to some of them and say, Hey, you went through my course back then. Remember me want to come on our podcast. And so, you know, just doing some of that stuff in the early days was our foot in the door to circle back around later on. Yeah. I would say in addition to that, like we, on our podcast, I think we, through repetition and doing so many episodes, we actually started to get comfortable and just asking questions that most people probably wouldn't like things that we were just selfish about or things that we might've been struggling about. We would ask them 
you know, it might be even just personal stuff, you know, like some uh, head, like mindset stuff that entrepreneurs deal with. And I feel like we like took people off script. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you were very off script, which I love. What? <laughs> no. I mean, I am reading you hear a... the insults that are coming. <laughs> well, I'm reading them on the script. I mean, right? hold about on, hold 30 on, hold seconds. on. It's not your cue yet. That was nuts. <laughs> Damn it. I cut, yeah, I cut them off. But yeah, Again. I mean, like. <laughs> Well, it's funny that you're saying that because we, we were talking about Todd Herman before we hit record. And I remember when Todd was on our podcast, he called this out. He's like, is this really a podcast or are you just trying to get consulting out of me he for did. free? And I'm like, to be honest, a little bit of both. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to make you work. So if you thought this was going to be an easy ride. Like, <laughs> But at the well, end of it, people are like. Same strategy on other people. So <laughs> all the time. <laughs> But if you, I, I think if you're just genuinely asking curious questions, which that's where we got the comfort to finally go and mm-hmm. not just stick to the same old boring business crap, but actually ask like, what's a layer deeper that we can think like and relate it to what we're going through. And then all of a sudden we just took that into all these other sessions or episodes. And now people are like, dude, that was like one of the funnest times I've ever had on a podcast. Yeah, we probably made them work like crazy and like give away their business secrets that they were not. <laughs> and that's been said many times. Like, I just gave you everything I charge for typically. Well, great. We'll tell everybody about it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to summarize it and give it to people for free. So <laughs> we do that too. Uh- <laughs> but no, they, they love it at the end of it. And we do a lot for them and we let them know that. So I think there's like a comfort in that as well because it's helping them at the end of the day. That's what we're shooting for. Yeah. I mean, but it's that, that creating that human connection and that ability to have the conversation because so many times, again, with that pedestal pedestal kind of issue, people don't want to bother, if you will, and ask Mm -hmm. that deeper level question and really kind of treat the person as, Hey, let's have like a real conversation because a lot of what happens, especially on the online world is seriously superficial. So like, let's challenge this and see, do you really deliver the way that it seems that you do? And I think when on the receiving end, I'm just going to speak for you. So you just got to sit there for a minute. Um, (laughs) It's appreciated that someone's willing to have a real conversation versus just this, you know, you know, I I know you guys provided me questions, but I'm not asking all of those questions. Right. So I'm asking some of them, but what's going to come next? (laughs) I think it's great. Yeah. That's how it should be. It's a conversation, right? Right. Absolutely. So, you know, when people are growing their podcasts, because there's a lot of people who understand the value of podcasting as in doing lead generation or getting that connection, because it's an easy yes for a lot of people, because there is so much to be received and given as part of the process. So when you're building it, say someone already has it or they're growing it, what's your advice for them as it relates to really establishing and, you know, building roots with that podcast? Ping Matt. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I didn't have an answer immediately ready. And I knew Joe was going to point you to me. You see to... it on your face. So if you guys want to watch the video, it was classic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, the, the advice to, all right. So I, I'm kind of restating the question so I can better understand it. So what advice would we give somebody who already has a podcast, but maybe they don't have as much traction? Right. Or someone who's looking to go into it. I mean, answer all the questions. <laughs> Hey, Matt, all the questions. I'll, I'll, I'll start. Yeah. I would say before thinking of tactics, strategies, growing, how do I get really freaking clear on what you want to actually put out there into the world and something you can stick with for a while? Because that's what we did not do in like mm. the five previous podcasts we had. They all just tanked after like five episodes or so, is because we didn't have a why defined. Like we didn't know where the hell we're going with this thing, but also what lit us up and brought us to the microphone. Like, well, in that, in that case, it was all random days. Like, so we didn't have systems to support our why and all that. So, I mean, it's very kind of the boring stuff. It's like, what do I want out of this? Who's my avatar? I mean, we didn't go that layer, but like really understanding why the hell are you going to do this thing? And that goes for content in general, because that's going to come out in the value that you give. And of course, consistency and all that stuff is huge for podcasting and growth. But yeah. now, Matt, maybe I give you some ideas. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, you, you you nailed the biggest one. So we've had, I think between the two of us, we've had probably nine or 10 podcasts over the last 12, 13 years, something like that. The reason that we've had this one for almost five years now and all the rest of them only made it, you know, 20 episodes and then died off was systems, right? Mm-hmm. So in the past, it was, um, hey, do you want to do a podcast? What day are you available? Well, I could do Tuesday at 2 p.m. Ah, that doesn't work mm-hmm. for me. Can we do 1 p.m.? That would work. And then all of that sort of back and forth and random days. 
And when we decided, let's go and just podcast two days a month, we release eight episodes a month, typically. So we're going to go two days a month and record four episodes a day, two days a month. And that's it. Those are the only days people can book. When we started getting systematic like that, we managed to stick with the podcast. And here we are almost five years in, and we've literally never missed a single release date on our podcast. And it's all because of that sort of batching system that we created in the beginning. So I would say that would be a big piece is figure out the system. Also figure out something you can talk about for hundreds of potential episodes. (laughs) Because if you're bored with the topic after 10, well, your podcast is probably going to suck and fade away. Um, you know what what other i mean i, I could give all sorts see i'm the more tactical guy not the philosophical well, guy i know so. yeah this is this is how we work i'll give them like a, a macro and i'm like all right matt go a little deeper on that oh. <laughs> at least see who's uh, on top and who's on the bottom and <laughs> so I <went> there. <laughs> I it's great um i would say the other side of things and this is where because I feel like like growing a podcast, everyone wants more and more and more downloads. You want more, like you don't need more. You have a lot with who you have already. Like you can have just 50 people listening to every episode and that's cool, whatever. Like if you're talking to the right people every single time they ever turn on their phone or see their podcast app and you're there, well, shit, think of what you could do with that relationship. That's 50 people that are just paying attention to you right now for like whatever spent like us, it's an hour. Like that's a shit ton of time. And like, you can't get that on a Facebook video or YouTube video and actually have the engagement. So I would say the next step is growing a community or like a tribe. I mean, Facebook group is just the easiest thing, but think of like, what's the next step after they listen? Cool. What's like the most likely thing that they want after that. And usually it's a little bit more engagement, a little deeper. So um, actually, Matt, you could probably give our strategy on how we do that from the podcast, because I think that's kind of cool, you know, shouting out the flowchart group. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that is really our call to action on our podcast episodes. Now we used to send people over to an opt in page and say opt in, we'll send you the notes to this episode. Now we actually tell people go join our Facebook group. And when they join our Facebook group, you can actually ask questions on the on the questionnaire now. And one of the questions is, give us your email address and we'll send you the action guides to our most recent episodes. So now we're actually driving people to the group and getting a Facebook group join and an email subscriber simultaneously. And that's actually boosted our conversion rate on our opt-in by quite a bit. We're actually getting a lot more people to opt in by joining our Facebook group versus going to a squeeze page now. So that's been pretty effective. So I think it's just like a layers of, of trust, you know, and we were talking about this. It's like every little bit you take them down and that's just like the next step down the rabbit hole as we see it. And, uh, you know, and that just, and so if you're just chatting with like 50 people, think if like you had the best 50 super fans in a group and you're able to actually get feedback because like podcasts you can't really do that. Then you can figure out what their problems are and then figure out, you know, if you have a business model or not, you can figure out one pretty damn fast, <laughs> you know, just from what they're telling you. I hope with, you know, starting a podcast that you'd have more of an established business before you start just kicking off a podcast, uh, right? Not normally. <laughs> Most <laughs> podcasters don't. <laughs> so, I mean, that brings a, like a, an interesting question of like, what are the things that you really have to think about? I mean, other than, you know, understanding what the next level action is. But like, does a name have anything to do with the importance of a podcast? Like, does who you, you know, are trying to work with have anything to do? Like, is there anything like that that really can make or break a podcast? So I'll, I'll share some findings that we've noticed from the podcast. You know, we, we found that the bigger the name guest doesn't necessarily mean anything when it comes to downloads. In fact, we, we typically find that when we have the bigger names, the ones that that do the rounds, they're on a lot of podcasts, they're, they're fairly well known in our space. They're actually the ones that get the least amount, well, not necessarily the least mm. amount of downloads, but they don't seem to have the same traction as the ones that are sort of a little more underground, which was surprising to us. But at the same time, when you really think about it, it makes sense, right? Because the bigger names that kind of don't need us as like a launching off for their brand, they're less likely to share the fact that we're on our show. Using you, like what's right? Well, I mean, the best relationships are the ones where it's sort of an equal win-win, right? They're getting just as much benefit out of being on the show as we're getting out of them being on the show. But you know, when we have some of these big name guests on, they're the ones that are least likely to share on Twitter and Facebook and mail their Mm -hmm. list. 
the ones that are, are kind of a little less established, they're more excited about the fact that they made it onto our show. Not that we make it that hard to make it onto our show, <laughs> but they're more excited. You guys excited have never about played them. hard to get, so. <laughs> They're more excited about being on the show, so they're much more likely to share it around everywhere. So that's that's one of the things that we've noticed. Um, what, what are some other? I think having a cool brand. I mean, like, I mean, our name of the podcast is Hustle and Flow Chart. That was not a deep thought. That was no. a, a Matt shower, shower thought. thought. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not. Yay. Yeah, like, where are you gonna go with this cat? Huh? <laughs> Wait, I'm letting you take it there. So. <laughs> Keep so Matt, your bathing habits. <laughs> <laughs> when I bathe, I think about our podcast. It's true. Oh, it's great. <laughs> but like, I don't know. That, that, that is when. So now that we can go down a whole rabbit hole there. Yeah. Like, so once a week or so that I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do virtual a lot. No, um, yeah. I mean, I think podcast. <laughs> exactly. But I, I want to get stuck on the name. I mean, you can make the name you, but as long as I feel like that's like, that's our personality. It kind of is like, I'm more the hustle. He's more the flow chart analytical one. I mean, we kind of make Exactly. Like reverse engineering. Oh, it. Like we thought of this name, but marketers, <laughs> right? That's what, nothing that's what when I, I came up with it. We defined what the name meant later, if we're being totally <laughs> transparent. But totally. it actually makes sense when we describe it to people. So we roll with it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Until someone calls you out on it. Right. Hey, I don't, we don't mind. We're transparent. <laughs> so, what about like things like SEO and you know leveraging the podcast, like YouTube, and not just doing the iTunes thing? Like, what like what's the deal there? And I know a lot of people kind of overlook it because they're just really focusing on the iTunes aspect on it, right? So. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, start there. And Matt's obviously got some techie parts of this, but no, it's like, you're like teasing him. Just <laughs> I, I like, I like to see him squirm. Uh, he's like, what's he going to say? Um, <laughs> but from day one, we made it a choice not to leverage iTunes or iTunes at the time, Apple podcasts. We're like, screw oh, that. Yeah, I still call it iTunes. <laughs> yeah. So who are everybody who call yourself? A <laughs> but like, you have no control over there. You have no control on Spotify, Stitch, whatever. Like, so that's why we chose to have as much control as possible. Email list is obviously huge, but having a blog or show notes pages that you actually have cool triggers, like retargeting pixels and email opt-in box slide-ins, like, we're like, cool, if we just make that look really good and almost like a mini sales page for each mm. episode, but it's actually like has the backbone of great SEO because that's Matt's specialty, mm-hmm. um, at least mm-hmm. enough to get dangerous. And with the consistency of a show, like that's that's really all we've done. And it's worked really freaking well. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. I mean, that, that's that. actually been a big focus for our podcast is we try to rank for our guest name. So um, that every time we have a, a guest on, our goal is to, we want to be on page one for that person's name. And we've actually managed to get on page one of Google for some pretty high profile guest names. And it's, I mean, it's really simple. It's not like, there's no like real magic behind it. We install a plugin called Yoast SEO on our WordPress blog. And it asks you what keyword. <laughs> It asks you what keyword you want to rank for. We plug in our guest name. It tells us, okay, maybe you should mention their name a little bit more in the show notes. And uh, we follow the suggestions and that's really all we do as far as the SEO. But then we go back through old episodes and make sure we're linking back to newer episodes. So if if we interviewed, let's say, Roland Frazier a couple of years ago, since Joe already name dropped him anyway. So if, if we interviewed <laughs> him two years ago <laughs> and then he came back on... <laughs> And he came back on this month. We're going to go back to that old episode and make sure it cross links over to the new one because that's going to help with the SEO. So that's really all we're doing. It's all just like internal SEO stuff. WordPress SEO by Yoast and cross-linking posts and optimizing for the guest name. And that has actually gotten us quite some traction because SEO is our number one traffic source. Matt says that's all and it is all, but no, God, podcast... wait till you hear my next question. Oh, oh, oh. On that. <laughs> go, go for it. I was going to be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. For you, Matt. Great. Cause you clearly have some level of intelligence when it comes to this, but for the rest of us, like Joe, um, you know, <laughs> this isn't just, you know, as easy as thinking about this, like there's like, you just kind of created this spider web of, you know, cross-referencing and, and layering on top of each other. So how does someone who, 
you know, isn't an SEO specialist who doesn't necessarily know as much as you do. So, you know, like dumb yourself down a little bit, like <laughs> how do they at least start getting to it? And is it basically get familiar and delegate it? Probably the smartest move is to get familiar and delegate it. Um, that's actually I love how I answered my question. Yeah, I mean that, 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 that that's what smart business people would do. So of course I do the SEO in our business. So <laughs> no, but we actually are hiring an SEO person. So that's kind of uh, yeah. But we have a we have our team doing it now. Actually, right. like they're building our show notes pages. They are mm-hmm. doing the SEO now based off of some SOPs. But it's not rocket science, really. At the end of the day, I mean it's. If you look at our show notes pages, it's light years different than most, I would 90 plus percent of podcasters, probably even more. And I feel like that's the big missing piece is the fact that you actually have a page that's dedicated to your episode. You're not using like Libsyn's standard thing that you just are lazily putting onto your website. Like not calling anybody out, but like, shit, man, like take a little bit of time and like build in a nice intro, maybe some takeaways, some open loop uh, bullet points. Like again, think copywriting as well, but think SEO, like throw in the right keywords, link in some stuff from previous content you have. It doesn't have to be podcast episodes, could be other stuff. Mm-hmm. YouTube videos, we always embed them inside of there and try to repurpose over there on YouTube as best we can. It's still a little fresher for us, but it's working. And, but all that Google loves and like the more consistency you do that, it isn't rocket science, but I feel like people kind of overcomplicate it and podcasters mainly, and even the marketing or business podcasters, which blows our mind, still forget to do that. It's like, you're creating content at the end of the day, you might as well optimize the bad boy and then repurpose it too. That's a shit ton of work. Thinking and send it on its way, right? To do its job. (laughs) I mean, that's really, that's really it. The, 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 the basics of it is install that WordPress SEO plugin and it literally tells you what to do. So we have our team member, Jacob, who edits our podcast and uploads all the stuff into WordPress for us. That's what we told them to do. Look at the Yoast SEO plugin down at the bottom of the post It'll make suggestions to optimize the post. He follows those suggestions. And essentially that's the extent of our SEO strategy. Now, does the hustle and flow chart like page stand on its own or are you like, is it embedded underneath and behind, you know, a front facing, um, you know, like website kind of thing? Because I'm curious as to how those might be playing together in terms of like refeeding itself. Yeah, so hustleandflowchart.com right now is really just a redirect over to the evergreenprofits.com website. So almost everything we do right now lives on the Evergreen Profits site. Um, When we... Because that would be SEO. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but brand In retrospect, (laughs) we would have probably built our podcast on hustleandflowchart.com, but we didn't think that far ahead. We went, well, evergreenprofits.com already has some SEO love and some ranking and some traffic going to it. Let's build it all over here. But now, you know, four plus years in, we're like, okay, this is actually probably confusing people. So that's probably not an area that people want to model what we're doing. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's an area where it's more of a do yeah. what we say, not as we did, because we would do it differently if we did it again. Yeah. Well, and that's a huge like thing that a lot of people don't understand is that there's experts and authorities out there. So one, like just simply, ex- you know, looking at what they're doing and how they're setting it up. And you talked, to, we talked about this maybe before the recording or maybe during, of people giving away everything, right? So I know Gary Vee talks about, he gives away like 98% of his content, like straight streams it. And only 2% of people actually do anything with it. Um, So like, what do you think the value is, is in people really kind of, you know, being that transparent with their audience in terms of, you know, building that community and everything? That's a great question. And I think it's like, you can't do anything better for the people that are paying attention to you because we hear about it. Like we get so much feedback and especially when we ask them like, Hey, what do you think about this? Are we on the right path? Like we're always trying to get feedback, but like the more that we give freely of others, but also ourselves, like we have these little therapy sessions that are our solo sessions and they're legit therapy sessions sometimes. Cause we just like lay everything out there and that's our fuck it. Like I'm putting it out there. Watch kind your of thing. show. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you guys work together and like you said, this, that's a different topic for a different time, but like, as I guess, you know, partners, it is like a marriage, right. In terms of being able to make sure you Mm -hmm. have those open lines of communication, because you can't have two people going down, you know, the same path and one starts deviating and you're not sure how to kind of reconverge, if you will. That's right. 
Yeah, we we have a shared goal or at least like a fuzzy vision of where we're going, like clear enough. And we know what we're great at, what we suck at. And, you know, we just kind of stay in our lanes. I mean, it wasn't like that for like, I don't know, 10 years or something or nine years. <laughs> like, But no, I feel like we found like a good sweet spot. And then, you know, you surround yourself with systems and people that can carry you a little further. And I don't know, it's just kind of crazy because now, like you mentioned the community, like people that we partnered with in our email and our building out of this new brand pod hacker that we just launched, like that was all built like 90% by other people um, that came from the podcast originally raised their hand and said, Hey, I want to do something with you guys. And we didn't really have to give them much direction because they already heard how we talk, what we talk about, what we like to do, our model. And then they just kind of went with it. And all we had to do is really build the content, which is what we wanted to do anyway. And well, like, I mean, cool, that's yeah. what most people don't do is that next level effort, right? So we know that there's, you know, I don't even know the statistics. You guys are the podcast, you know, gurus, but like, there's a lot of podcasts out there, right? Mm-hmm. But podcasts being run intelligently, like not just smart, but intelligently, like you talked about with the processes and the repurposing. So like, can we go into like, not can we, we are, we're going here. Um, <laughs> like, what are the absolutely necessary processes to have in place? And then what's absolutely critical when it comes to repurposing the content? Yeah. So I, I would say the most necessary process for us is that batching process. Cause that's mm-hmm. where we screwed ourselves up in so many past podcasts was just kind of letting people schedule episodes whenever it made sense for them and not being very protective with our time. So I would say that's probably the number one system that kept this one from breaking. Um, the other thing, I think in the very beginning of our podcast, we kind of went into every episode going, you know, we'll just learn about this guest when they're on. We didn't do much research. We didn't really know much about them. And now I think when we do podcasts these days, we're ultra diligent about going into every episode knowing, okay, we know what we want to get out of this guest. We have this, we have this mindset going into every podcast of, okay, our guest is here with us, whatever topic we're interviewing them on. They're here. We're down here. How do we close the gap? And we're always going into every conversation thinking, okay, there's a gap between where this person's at and where we're at in some way or another, let's just have the conversation that's going to close that gap for us. And then we just do the research to figure out where that gap lies. And I think that process of just like really deep diving and researching. And then before every single interview, Joe and I have probably a 20 minute discussion about, okay, what are we going to talk about with this person? What, what rabbit holes do we want to go down? What do we want to avoid with them? Uh, what gap are we trying to close in our minds? And we just like, we go into these episodes ready. We're just like, all right, we know, we know how this is going to play out. And if it doesn't play out that way, fine. We we're good. We're, we're good conversationalists anyway. Well, Joe is uh, at least. And uh, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll take it wherever. And it right goes. now I feel like I'm carrying him. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a great job. Guys. <laughs> but that preparation, man, that preparation just makes so much of a difference with the quality and, and, and people have noticed too, like people have told us, man, yeah. your episodes have gotten so much better lately. And I really think that that feedback is a result of just putting in the work before the episodes. Hmm. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of what you talked about was very similar to what an affiliate would do and comes in terms of coming up with a dossier. Right. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people don't understand what that is, but it's literally being like, just do not talk about this because <laughs> 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 yep. that's going to end everything right there. And I remember pulling that together for a lot of people at Rich's, you know, event yeah. and all that. Um, so sorry, Joe, I had to interject there. Um, what would you say, you know, from your end, um, because, you know, Matt's all geeky in the back end of stuff, (laughs) like from your end, what is the process that, you know, and don't say the same thing. I won't. I have a, (laughs) I have a much better process. That's my game. That is your game. (laughs) Yeah. One up you. All right. Uh, now mine, mine lands back on the guest side of things. Like most podcasts have guests coming through and, they're usually the first time you're chatting with them, even though they might've been introduced to you. Yeah. And, you know, you can create a referral process to get introductions. And I mean, we can give some resources or something. I mean, it's very simple, but it's just like, if you ask for the right people um, or just for interest, you'll get them. But after the fact, most podcasts, just that we've asked a lot of them, they don't really carry the conversation after the time we spent together Mm -hmm. because there's just so many cool things you can do. And like we're affiliate marketers primarily. So 
we're always asking them like, Hey, is there something of yours that we can share with our audience? Uh, can we get a little bit more content from you and like place it in our members area our paid members area? It's going to give you more love. It's also going to allow us to sell some of your stuff potentially. Um, and like, that's, I feel like that's just sets the wheels in motion. So like after every podcast, we send a thank you email and video, usually the day after just like a little loom video, Matt and I thanking them. It's like less than a minute. There's usually like one thing that is maybe a question or something that says like, all right, we're going to help you with this. Or like, hey, do you want to get on more podcasts? We'll introduce you to some of our friends. And it's just like creating that little like drop in that little like, okay, that just furthers sound the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got the soundboard. He's not using it. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> can hit the wrong button, Matt. I'm not carrying oh. your weight here, Matt. <laughs> there he is. Jerk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like if you're just thinking like, how can I help this person a little further outside? Mm-hmm. And Cause you probably learned so much about them while you've been chatting with them. Take continue that further. It doesn't have to be on the air, but like there's something you can help each other with. And it turn, might, you might make some money. You might not, you might just help them out with the connection. Cool. At least and guess what? That's going to give you more people probably up level your guests as well. And that's kind well, of, a I mean, it really comes down to, I mean, what you're talking about is just really seeing the person and valuing the relationship. I mean, I always mm-hmm. talk about value the relationship over the transaction. And yeah. so what's the transaction It's this person comes on your podcast, someone that, you know, you're seeing is going to be able to add value. So you've taken right from them. So, and a lot of times that's what people at a higher level experience is people always taking from them and they never mm-hmm. turn around and give back. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's never the person that says, Hey, you know what, what can I do for you? Because so many times they're looking out for themselves. And that's where I see a lot of issues with business owners is they're always trying to get the angle, right? Mm-hmm. How can I get fastest as possible to that credit card transaction to get it to clear? Um, have you guys experienced that same thing on your end in terms of people coming on and having you as guests um, and just kind of getting that takey feeling? It's a, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. It, it happens all the time, for sure. I, I feel it. And you're right. Like, especially if there's a there's a funnel that's a perfectly defined funnel that comes in. Everyone has to follow that same exact funnel on that journey. And it's like, we're not all on the same level, you know, and and nor should everyone go through your funnel. <laughs> you know, and so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there is, <laughs> like, come on. That's not a, I don't know, we're, we're, yeah, it's relationships at the heart of everything we do. We want to cultivate really good relationships, not only with our audience, but with the guests that are helping us actually create this thing. Cause without them, we'd be screwed and uh, no, we wouldn't have a business model that actually works <laughs> the way that we like. When we uh, first started our podcast, our main goal when we started was to use it as a way to network with more people. We never thought we would ever made it, make a penny off it. We never thought it would get that big in, in terms of download numbers. It was literally just like, hey, who could we leverage this podcast to like network with and, and get to know? And that was exactly how the podcast started. And I think because we had that intention from the beginning of like using this as a way to get to know people and then turn around and figure out how can we help those people, that that sort of foundation is is still there with us it's it's always been about how do we get to know more people and how do we help those people and all the rest of the benefits the sales the funnels the affiliate marketing all of that stuff is just kind of a byproduct that happens as a result where if we just kind of keep our brains focused on you know meeting new people connecting figuring out how to create win-wins and just staying in that realm all the rest of the stuff seems to take care of itself Yeah. I mean, Joe, you also mentioned something and it's parlaying in exactly what you were sharing, Matt, of building the relationship, not with your guests, but with your audience. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because that seems to be like a really critical part of it, because I feel like a lot of people focus on just getting the content out, Mm -hmm. but that's like a whole different level strategy. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely two sides of it are probably even more sides. Who knows? Like if someone's helping you get referrals, like, cool, you want to, that's a relationship you should cultivate and stay on top of. So um, we're always calling out people. <laughs> we sometimes call a lot of people out by name on our podcast mm-hmm. just to screw with them. Like, hey, Jim, <laughs> like, I know you're listening. So like, you know, it'll be like sometimes specific people are just a broad name. So like, that's cool because it gets people in our group to post something. <laughs> They're like, hey, heard the shout out. And it's like, well, we weren't talking to you, Jim. But uh, that uh, other not that <laughs> <laughs> Kind of a jerk. But um, no, uh, Actually, but I feel like we... <laughs> We're always asking for their input. Like we'll give our email addresses. Like we'll say like, Hey, what do you think? Like, we'd like to hear from you. We'll just throw some random thing at them and ask for feedback or we'll say, join our Facebook group. And you know, like maybe something's going on there, but uh, yeah, like I'll 
not that long ago, I was getting on calls with like, we sent an email to our list and there were like 30 people that scheduled these 15 minute chats with me. And I was just like, zoom, I can't really do a cool, you know, hand effect to get on the zoom call. <laughs> click. Yeah, he's he's pressing buttons on his keyboard. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are hurting. No, but like, I just did these freaking sprint sessions with these people from our podcast and our email list. And I got so much feedback that was just so cool. So that allowed us to figure out what good angles for a pod hacker course, like what are the problems they were looking to get solved. And then about half of them were saying, I love your, I absolutely love your, your podcast. I started from episode one and I've been working my way through your whole catalog. And it's like over 350 episodes an hour, at least an hour each. I'm like, not my, my gut response. And actually says usually, I'm like, dear God, oh my God. Like, why <laughs> Why? I would not want to hear most of that. Now. Like, and please go to the more recent ones because it's probably going to be a little <laughs> way better. Like, start but, from the big, the end and move way back. Yeah, that's probably a better way of going. Yep. That's right. But it's just things like that. Uh, I send a lot of Loom videos, so just mm. like typically with my phone, so shakier camera the better. Not like this, but like natural. Like I like to just check in with the people who are really helping us out. Like especially if they're a lot of folks will send us guests, you know, because they hear us talking about someone or they see our dream 100 list thing that we have. And so like, I'll just send them videos and that's a new relationship. I mean, you never know who's listening to a podcast yeah. unless I also call think, out. I also think it's just being accessible. I think we're, we, we meet, make ourselves really, really accessible inside of our Facebook groups. You know, we're on Twitter, we're in LinkedIn. If people email us all of that, they'll get a reply from us, not like a VA or anything. It's usually us. And we, we answer questions and help people. And, you know, we, we do have a support team. So if somebody needs like customer support on our products that exists, but people could get a hold of us. And I think that accessibility, mm. when people listen to our podcast, they're, they're listening, going like feeling like we're their buddies. These are my mm. friends. I've emailed back and forth. I've chatted with them on Facebook. And I, and I feel like we're kind of building a lot of friends at scale. That's kind of, I, I guess, how we, we've talked about it in the past is that we, we just stay super accessible to everybody. And I think that builds a bond that when people are listening to the podcast, they're just like, these guys are my, my, my bros to spin it all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> Good kind. <laughs> yeah. Good bros. Yeah. Good well, bros. I mean, like it's just the no like and trust factor, right. Of like yep. building that. And so, you know, they get to know you, they get to like you, but you know, the trust really happens through that exchange of conversation, right. Yep. Of actual, like being able to reach out and do that because the fact that someone can say, Hey, Matt, a uh, real quick question, this, and you answer them that just builds all of that goodwill, right? Mm. And that they want to deposit it back because you've been depositing all of that into them. Sounds weird. Um, you know, <laughs> you depositing into today, Matt. Um, you deposited all your people. <laughs> um, God, it's going Love so this bad. interview. This is the best. The imagery here. Imagery. So, but like, um, you know, people, I don't think really think about podcasting as a way to build relationships. Um, mm. What are your thoughts on, and I know I asked about content repurposing, so hopefully we can still get to that, but like using podcasting as a lead generation strategy versus using podcasting as a audience building just for the set, not the lead aspect of it, but just, I want to have a million downloads, like more of this. And I'm, it's going to be clear the angle that I'm going here, hmm. more of those vanity metrics. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, our, our philosophy has really just been on that lead generation approach. We, to be honest, we barely even look at our download numbers. I bet if I asked Joe right now, how many downloads we get, he probably can't answer it. I have a rough <laughs> idea. A rough idea, but I'm like, we're not. The numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, but it, it, to be honest, it's not something that we pay that much attention to. We don't focus that much on download numbers. We are legitimately watching how many people are joining our email list and how many people are joining our Facebook group and how much engagement we're getting from from those sides of things and that's really more of our our sort of uh temperature check on the business is 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 all those things growing you know we, we obviously do want to get more downloads of the show so we're constantly working on different growth strategies for the podcast but we're looking further down the line we're not looking at the download numbers we're looking at okay this growth how did that affect these other numbers down the line which I saw that post that you guys did because um, the one that you posted just recently back February 10th, why I know the date, I'm sorry, oh. is that you were saying, hey, these are our most 
popular episodes because you had been providing the top 10 most downloaded ones. And you were mm-hmm. saying in your post that there is not a direct correlation between the value and the impact of a most mm-hmm. downloaded with a more popular one. And that you'd posted your top 10, which were people of different I was gonna say shapes and sizes in terms of like level <laughs> of business, not yeah. like there were some large men on there, but you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that was all user, like, you know, people, people selected, hey, this is the one that really stood out to me. And I feel like those are the episodes, I mean, a lot of them are just the people that get off of scripted mode, or, you know, mm-hmm. th- they realize, oh, they're not on a normal, normal podcast. I guess <laughs> like these guys are actually hold on, hold just on, having stay. A- you're going off path. I can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it just seems like the ones that are more open and like are just genuinely there to serve are the ones that our audience is like, yep, that's the one. Like there are yeah. people. And I feel like we've definitely molded that a little bit with our audience, but also we're attracting more of those people because they're obviously referring people to our show. So yeah, it's kind of the, become this little engine. The last four years in a row, we did a top 10 and it was all based on downloads. And I think last year we looked at one of the episodes that made the top 10 and Joe and I both went, I really wish that episode wasn't in the top 10. We did not like that episode at all. So for the 2021, we're like, let's poll our audience and make it a listener's choice. The issue that we had with that one was that it was like zero diversity. It was yeah, like, I was gonna, it was I 10 white middle-aged I mean, I, dudes. I, I, will be honest, I wrote a comment last night and was like, you know, I'm going to delete it because this is not set the we right know. tone for the interview today. Yeah, we no, know. We, yeah. Uh, completely men too. I mean, like, yeah. that was my comment was I look uh-huh. forward to being on the top 10 list next year. As and you one of the women be. representatives. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. No, that was it. Yeah, I, I was just making that extra comment that, um, that yeah, we the, the the diversity. I mean, it has to do with the the volume and the quantity of who we've had on, right? The 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 flow of people that come to us to be on the show is seventy five percent males. So you know, we're working with what we got, but it is something that we're we're actively uh-huh. focused on diversifying better. <laughs> No, No, that's actually, it's a huge piece, Kat, because that's, uh, luckily we have um, uh, this lady, Lisa Beyer is uh, is PR, she's been in the PR game a long time, but she's a loyal listener of our show. I was on a chat with her earlier today and she was like, can I be your unofficial PR rep? Because she noticed these things and um, she actually suggested, and I'm happy we did it, uh, that making an International Women's Day episode highlighting all of the women from 2020 and it was Which super were also cool. All white females, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I noticed that too. I'm like, Jesus. Right, we're going to change all this. The the, yeah. the 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 thing is, is in the recognition and in, in the movement towards it. Um, yeah. Which you know, it, it's anyway. That's a, a whole huge, very important topic to have. Mm-hmm. It's something that you know um, would be great to get into, and probably something you could have some people on for you know your podcast as well in yep. terms of having that discussion. Hundred um, yeah. percent. When it comes to you know taking this content that you've created that is really just you know full of gold nuggets, really not just one or two value bombs, but just one after the other after the other. What is your strategy for repurposing so that it creates the most impact? Hmm. Yeah, purposing spider web is huge <laughs> um spider well here and talk about the note strategy because uh i can play eye candy over here and show what <laughs> what is produced talk about that i think that's the coolest part yeah so every single episode we have somebody take notes on it like we said so the what what happens when an episode goes live is we have our call to action that says go join the facebook group and we'll send you the notes to the latest episode so the four the most recent episodes the facebook group like to get the notes, mm-hmm. you have to go into the Facebook group. You join the Facebook group. And then one of the questions is enter your email and we'll send you the notes. And then we actually have a VA who grabs the email, plugs it into our autoresponder and the notes go out. So Dude, uh, there's a piece of software I need to introduce you to. Yeah, Please well, I, we've, we've, we've tried some of the like group funnels and some of these other softwares and this, uh, this seemed actually to work better, but <laughs> definitely open to hearing what, uh, what's out there. Well, um, you're the process guy. So I, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. You guys should talk about it later on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, those notes get created and then those are what actually are free opt-in for two weeks from the episode going live. So you can get the most four most recent notes by opting into our, mm. our um, hustle and flow chart Facebook group. Now those notes after the two weeks is up, 
those actually get locked into our members area. So that's what the Evergreen Profits membership is that Joe was referring to earlier, is you get access to all of those backlogs of, we call them action guides from the episode. You get all of those. Plus, we get some of our, our uh, guests to provide exclusive content for the members area. So content that's not on the podcast, they'll make some exclusive videos and put them in the members area. So that's kind of the piece one, right? That's our, our lead generation strategy, but also our membership is all repurposed podcast content. Uh, so that that's just like the first piece. But then we're also recording video for every episode, which the full length video goes on YouTube. Little clips of those ep- uh, videos also go on YouTube in their own little playlist. Uh, they get repurposed into LinkedIn videos. They get repurposed into Facebook videos, Twitter videos, Instagram TV uh what am i missing i mean like we we have a whole team that like once an episode goes live it just goes there's a and whole just beautiful gorgeous process scatters everywhere and, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just give me a minute i just love <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah. Well, people don't understand like at a certain place in your business you really start understanding and leveraging the fact that processes are the thing that make or break you Absolutely. and it's not just a one shot one you know one trick pony kind of situation where you just do it you have to go and optimize i mean i have a whole process you know uh, business process reengineering background um yeah, yeah. i mean that's it yeah. <laughs> that's and it's just like that's how you get out of being in your business and start really being that ceo that has a strategic vision yeah. um again another topic for another day um, <laughs> yeah i thought this was only going 15 minutes cat yeah <laughs> i think if you were good you'd be longer so i know you haven't awesome. heard that from a lot of women but <laughs> I swear this is the best episode. <laughs> I'm having a great time. I think time. this is my favorite interview ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so, I mean, effectively, basically taking and being smart about it, of saying, look, putting, and I talk about strategic effort into creating ease in your business. So being really clear as to what are the things that need to get triggered after you put this effort into that. So taking the video, you know, having someone, and if it's you right now, fine, but using the snippets, using whatever, you know, iMovie or whatever it is and creating those teasers that redirect. And again, I mean, it really comes back to that first topic of really creating an ecosystem that feeds itself from all angles and creating that spider web that, you know, you land over here and you could end up over here just by a quick, you know, click. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and starting with, and this goes back to, you know, when we launched our show, it's not relying on iTunes, but start with the core being your own website. And then, you know, a group that you can also kind of control, obviously, Facebook groups, not the best, but it's the easiest way in it, at least. And you at least have some control and then now start to add another layer, like maybe YouTube, LinkedIn later on, uh, IG, if it works. I mean, that's and then sooner or later, you just have this spider web and you're like, oh, I should probably connect that thing to this thing or, oh, that one is a little bit more important. Let's swap the priorities. I mean, that's all we've done. It's just now stacked into this weird snowball spiderweb thing. I'll tell you the the best feeling in our business for me is when I find out that our content's getting repurposed into a place that I didn't even realize it was getting repurposed into. (laughs) That's true. Whoa, where did that come from? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? I'll do a Google search and I'll be like, hey, how did this Medium article about our blog post get posted? I didn't even know that was happening. You know? Um, yeah. So one of the things that we haven't talked about, and it probably can be like the the bow on everything that we've done here, which is how do you monetize all of this effort, all of this strategy, all of this forethought into something that can really, you know, create a sustainable business in and of itself, even independent of what you might sell directly out there in the world. So there's a few ways that we would go about it. And uh, so I'll just say like the top three ways that we like to monetize our show. I mean, the most basic one is you can use sponsorships, of course, but we would then take a different approach around that because the standard sponsorship route, like you ain't going to get paid what you're worth. Let's just be honest. You got to be like a Joe Rogan S to like actually make it worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like good freaking luck. So, um, the way that we do sponsorships are to bundle it with um, other things like in your ecosystem. So what other awareness can you give a sponsor? If this is the route you go, like they could sponsor your show, they could sponsor your physical newsletter with an insert inside here. They could sponsor your email list, Facebook group, whatever that you have control, put a price tag on it. 
And like, we've had some big brands, like even LinkedIn came to us through a traditional podcast advertising agency, which I was like, shit, I don't think this is going to fly. Pitched it and it flew. I'm like, oh, that was easy. (laughs) So it's like, name your price, but create a cool bundle that's different enough where they can't really compare you against anything. I would say that's a huge piece. Every podcaster can do that, even without a ton of downloads. Um, Second thing is uh, paid newsletter membership. You know, we have a couple of those now. Ours is 15 bucks a month or 59 a year. And that's like the entry level. Those are like super fan status, I guess. You know, and from there, affiliate marketing. Like affiliate marketing is just like on the fringes of everything because podcasters, we're all promoters in some way. We'd like to talk about stuff we love. So might as well make some money off it. Maybe not right directly on the show, but like, you know, plug in affiliate, like resources and newsletters in your videos and YouTube and we just think that or we've proven at least that, that the ecosystem supports that. And it's more of an organic way of yeah. promoting things without being pitch man, you know, mm-hmm. on the mic that doesn't work for us at least. <laughs> I appreciate uh, did that. Did I miss anything? Uh, no, I mean, you covered the, the core stuff. I think, um, uh, I mean, at the very basic level, affiliate marketing is really where a big piece of our revenue comes from. And it's simply just talking to people that happen to have affiliate products and making sure we link over to the right place where people can learn more, uh, making sure that we're putting affiliate links in the show notes page. So if we interview somebody about the latest, greatest webinar strategies, we're probably going to put a link to our favorite webinar tool inside of the show notes page, you know, and it's, and it's just a really, really simple concept that pays off pretty big once, once you start to get some traction. I mean, and it just goes to speak as to the credibility, right? Again, going back to the relationship that you're establishing with people and it's that no like and trust and, oh, look, I've, you know, I've known, I like him, I trust him. So he's going to make a recommendation. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all know that a referral closes exponentially more uh, faster than trying to go out and generate something, you know, a cold lead into a hot, you know, buying a hot buyer, essentially. Pretty yeah, much. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, hot I mean, we, buyers. Hot buyers. It, we've literally had no one wants come a cold buyer. <laughs> no way. I just want sexy buyers. That's, nice <laughs> That's right. Hotter the better. <laughs> hey, I like all the buyers to be honest. Okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Look at you over here. Lakers can't be choosers. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but I was going to say we literally get people every once in a while who will promote like an affiliate product, and they'll email us and say, "I didn't even read the sales page. I just grabbed it because it was you guys, right?" And I think that's the kind of trust and relationship you can build with a podcast. Oh. So good. And they will they will seek your affiliate link out, by the way, too, when you have that, and which is when really freaking cool. Really good community, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you've yeah. you know you've been building all that goodwill and delivering value, and so people do they want you know reciprocity is absolutely something that most people don't leverage when it comes to building the relationship, which is why you mm-hmm. give first and then you can absolutely receive, but people are always trying to get before they give. Dang right, there you go. So how can people like learn more about you guys? Cause you know, there's definitely still more to be learned, not for great English there, but <laughs> there's more to be gotten. Ah. How can they get? <laughs> well, if you go over to hustleandflowchart.com slash revenue, since this is the revenue accelerator podcast, if you go over to hustleandflowchart.com slash revenue, we're giving away our pod hacker playbook. So that's uh, basically what it is, is on our podcast, we've interviewed, uh, I don't know how many podcasters now we've interviewed, but every time we've had somebody who's also a podcaster on the show, we kind of pick their brain about, hey, how did you grow the show? How do you monetize your show? How do you get big name guests on your show? And, you know, we get really selfish with it and ask all the questions we want to know as podcasters. Well, we've curated all of those responses from all of those past guests, and we put it in this ebook that we call the Podhacker Playbook, and uh, we're giving it away for free to anybody mm-hmm. listening to this episode. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, you know, unless you want to give another freebie away, Joe, but like, <laughs> Oh no, bam. You could come up with one if you want another call to action. But... <laughs> Listen to our podcast. It sounds interesting. Hustle and flow chart. There you go. Yeah, it was so meek. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe. Matt did a great pitch for a freebie there. So I'm going to really back well, that up with much. I'm always going to ask for more. So. <laughs> there you go. Don't Thank ask, you. you don't get. That's um, true. So what, you know, any parting words for people who are listening right now who are, you know, scaling, growing, starting their podcast? 
I, I, I always wait for Joe to answer first, and then I do the follow-up. So, like, do you really want to start a podcast? No, no. I would, I would say, I mean, think about all the way we covered a ton, like yeah. the why, the systems. I mean, really, just do like think it through. Maybe listen to this episode. It's a pri- it's a pretty damn good primer. Go get the freebie. They here they just listened to this episode. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, like actually think it through though. Like, what's your why? What are you? What are you gonna do? How does it attach to something you already have in your business? Because most people don't create that attachment, like that direct, or maybe not direct, but indirect path into revenue. Because that's yeah. most business podcasters. We we surveyed like a thousand of them, and it was like less than 2% were even making any money, like over a hundred dollars a month with their podcast. We're like, what? Come on. So it works, but you have to kind of really think it through. Um, and I would just challenge people to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I would say create those systems to make it, to make it keep going, you know, a have a topic that you're going to love talking about. So make sure before you start a podcast, or even if you already have a podcast, if you're getting bored with the topic already, maybe it's time to pivot, um, but <laughs> oh, create some systems. No, why use that word? <laughs> no pivot. pivot. That's you don't like that buzzword. Okay, maybe it's time to do something else. Before, maybe just as the pandemic hit, I was one of the first people to use that word coming uh, out and being like, "You need to do this." And then all of a sudden, everybody used it, and I was like, I had email shame of being like, "God." <laughs> how about how about this? How about like, oh, you can thrive during the crisis, or like the whole like. <laughs> That was definitely played out as well, you know. But. Yeah, we did a live stream that literally I had that title, and then um, I saw uh, we started every- a trend. No, <laughs> we did not. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, just just make sure you create those systems. That 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 would be the biggest thing that I can say because that's what's killed so many podcasts in the past is not having a systematic sort of release schedule, a systematic recording schedule, uh, a plan going into each interview. You know, just create those systems because that's what kept the podcast alive for us is systems. Yeah, I think you, a lot of people listening to this are going to feel seen. Um, and there's a lot of value in everything that you guys have shared today. And I really appreciate it. All of the show notes, you guys are going to be available for you. And uh, those links will be ready and available for you to click as well. Matt and Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Kat. This yeah, is thanks fun. for having us. It's-